Hi, Chris. Explains it. Hello, Christina. Welcome Born. back to Civilization. <laughs> we are back in Los Angeles after spending time in San Luis Obispo. We're getting there. Yeah, well, we welcome you back with open arms, and I'm really excited about today's guest. I have brought in my friend and neighbor, Whitney, and I'm really excited to see what happens here because you didn't even know her name until about five or ten minutes ago. And I've already worked with Whitney and we have a lot of work that we're probably going to be doing together in the future. So I'm really excited to see how we can, uh, what we get for her and how we can serve her today. Outstanding. Outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, so the sense that I got right away is that you're very playful. Um, and I, I tried not to be kind of colored by your sweater. But when just immediately, like what I saw was like, like cat woman or cat girl with like a paw and you're like, Row! like, like you're here to play and be provocative and have fun. So thanks for being open to that. Um, I'm excited to see what comes up. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you both Christine and Chris for having me. It's, it's really an honor and I'm excited for this. Well, I'll tell you what I got off right off the bat. <laughs> I got off. <laughs> I did not. Hey. <laughs> We're not Good going podcast. there. Yep. We're not going to. <laughs> it took a turn. Now, what I got right off the bat, I saw a hippo and it was kind of a big, huge, huge purplish hippo. And the hippo was just large and in charge. It was almost like cartoony. So it wasn't like a real hippo, but it kind of was in a way. It was like in between. And it was just so majestic and just like large and charged and like really holding like full space. And I actually saw your dog Griffey running around his feet. Oh, nice. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, like cheering it on. It wasn't like an enemy, it was more like a friend. And honestly, I think that kind of, now I'm thinking that might represent your presence or maybe what's coming forward for you um, in the future. But I, then I saw real hippos in a river in Africa and you are in a boat in a big old hat watching hippos at the same time. Hmm. So hmm. we, we could probably explore that more later or if you wanted to go in a different direction, that would be great too. And no, this jungle theme is really interesting because the tiger, so pre Catwoman like opening thing was like that sort of thing. So uh, that'll be interesting to explore for sure. Do hippos or tigers mean anything to you, Whitney? I actually have been, yes, they do. Um, I often call upon like, um, I would say a guide of a panther. Mm. That really resonates. Um, mm -hmm. The hippo, I got nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently I got something. So let me, let me ask what that Yeah, I, mean, I am curious about it. Yeah. Okay, so I got right away that what you seem like to people on the outside is not the way you really are in a very positive way. And so the hippo represents kind of your true nature, how you hold space, because hippos are not to be messed with. Hippos, you know, you don't want to fuck with a hippo. You know, they, they're pretty like... They, they hold their space very well. They're very uh, in charge. They kind of command what happens. Mm. And so it's kind of representing you on 
the inside. Whereas on the outside, people think, oh, like little dainty, you know, like first judgments are completely different to you just being like, yeah. And the fact that Griffey was running around the legs it did tip me off that there's a little bit more to the story, which is that's mm-hmm. kind of a representation of how you carry yourself on, on the inside and, and maybe on the spiritual side. Okay. Christina, that really resonates. Good. Quite a bit. Or, earlier today, I got on my yoga mat just to practice some asana, ended up just sitting there and working on a breathing technique to fill up space. So I'm working on this idea of expanding so that when I walk into a place, people don't fuck with me. No way. Way. <laughs> well, I'm getting it like now that you, like this has happened. This, this is, it's, it's not like a, a dream. It's like hmm. you. So you're already kind of carrying that because maybe you've set that intention and you have yeah. manifested it to be already. So change yeah. a panther to a hippo. I don't know. Cause I mean, you greeted me with a, with a, with an aggressive cat. Right. So okay. I think that could have just been like marking the territory and that you just weren't to be fucked with. So yeah, like in an energetic level, that's coming through for me for sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep cool. it strong. Yeah. Like, like, okay, good, good kitty. Like I'm not, I'm not going to fuck with you. Okay. So then the cat can greet people, set the tone, and then the hippo can come out. That's purple and be playful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I like this visualization. There's a, there's a movie that just popped in my head. Is it Madagascar too? It's where there's the hippo sing and, <laughs> and it's like, I like a big, I like a choke. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, but I need to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the sexiest hippos were the like largest ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Christina, were you around my windows today? Like peeping in before to see that I was wearing purple pants. I just have no. to ask. I just had that. I mean, you live on the second floor and you're in the sketchy alley. I avoid it like the plague. Chris was there. He just raised his hand. (laughs) That's why the tiger came out. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. Chris is like, it was me. Yeah. But this jungle theme that that's also really interesting to me that both of you were picking up on something along that. Did you get more? We can do more. We can ask more. Have you ever taken a trip to Africa? No. Have you thought of it? No. There's something there for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not in the immediate yeah. future, but. Space. Like there's space, wide open, savannas. Mm. Yeah, I'm saying savannah too. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of Africa. Africa is huge, but yeah, I'm seeing you in savannah-ish areas. There's something there for you energetically. Fascinating. Sure. Okay. It feels really primal, right? And almost tribal in a sense. Um, lots of stars too. So it's like um, it went from daytime to nighttime and how things can can change, right? And so the nature of the jungle and the animals, the ecosystem can pivot. Certain things go to rest, certain things come out. Okay. So then of course the, the balance of divine feminine and divine masculine, ah. right? Um, yin yang uh, you know the drill there but um in a, a place or an opportunity for you to find balance and recognizing that just because it's nighttime doesn't mean that things are dormant like there's a cycle and there's a, a pattern to nature and to your own inner nature um and that you don't have to suppress or encourage any one aspect it's a matter of recognizing and understanding that both are 
within you to the outer consciousness and seeing um, and being in nature and which is, you know, as much external, you know, because you're looking at the stars, the cosmos, the Milky Way and, and, and everything that exists. Um, and yet you still have these opportunities to go inside which here for me is being presented as, as metaphorical daytime, which is the day-to-day -day aspect. So nighttime is really almost like survival, like because these other creatures come out and you're sleeping or you need to sleep, you need to rest and take care of yourself. And yet it's a, it's a hard thing to do as a solo effort. It's much easier when you're in community and you're surrounded and protecting yourself, right? And you find your place in a group and in a community um, and not having to necessarily be a lioness or someone or i'm thinking trying to think of an animal that just is a prey animal that is out there wandering around on its own and yes there's a place for that but that doesn't feel like your place so yes you can of course go to africa and experience this if that calls to you um, but it is um, serving as a reminder for you to begin to recognize this balance and not suppressing or encouraging, but loving all of it, which is loving your own true nature as you begin to explore it uh, even more so um, now. And as we're kind of coming out of this sleep over the next couple of months. Yeah, because that, that is so fascinating. And why I laugh when you said the feminine and masculine energies, because as you both were opening the records, I was over here writing uh, to make a yarrow mist for my boundaries, but I also needed to make a blend to integrate my masculine and feminine energies. I was just like, oh yeah, I need to do that soon. So, um, you know, that's something that, that I've been calling to my guides and asking for support on of, of how do I integrate the masculine energy without it becoming too much. There's almost like this fear of the masculine energy within myself, but then if I play just too much in the feminine energy, then what? So how do you define masculine energy? What does that mean to you? I think I used to think of masculine energy almost as dangerous, too assertive, too forceful. But now I'm thinking more along the lines of, well, as Christina was saying, how do I be that hippo and take up the space, but also have that, that lioness or tigress or whatever come forth and be like, this is who I am. Do not mess with me. And also let me hold space with compassion for myself and others. So it's really that full integration. Um, and it's a very odd dance that I can't seem to figure out. So you're a giver. Too to much. A yeah, absolutely. Right. So then the, and so how would you then, so if, if masculine energy could almost be dangerous, which is an interesting word, what does feminine energy mean to you? Feminine to me is more about the full surrender. So I've had this image come up lately, or not so much an image, just these words come up lately about clutching prana, clutching life and trying to control it so much that I stop life force from flowing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that feminine is about releasing and trusting and allowing inner you know, guidance and intuition. I'm guessing, okay, how about this? Uh, feminine energy is water. The masculine energy is fire. So integrating both of those together. And so at a personal level, if you have a, a tendency to give to where that's hurt you, right? Um, and probably some, some very real ways. And yet you're aware of wanting to and being able to receive how do you 
determine when it's okay to give now? Mm. That's a very beautiful question. <laughs> um, part of me is learning to tap in right around my solar plexus area. Um, and if that feels peaceful, it's safe to give. If I start to feel any type of agitation in that area, nervousness, angst, uh, if I get sick to my stomach, it's just like, this is not the time to give. And also that being said, then there's this time and place where I have to fight against, well, is that your intuition or is that fear? Are you putting up blocks and boundaries that are unhealthy versus boundaries that are healthy? So it's this, and I, I do feel like that ties right back into the masculine and the feminine energy of knowing when to trust and surrender and when to be assertive and say no. Okay. And so when, what feels good to you? So leaving feminine and masculine out of it, mm -hmm. um, but in terms of an emotion or an act or when you feel fully integrated, right? In a, in a spiritual and, and physical sense, when do you feel good? I feel good. I feel fully integrated when I'm in the woods mm. and I'm barefoot in the woods or underneath a tree sitting, okay. lots of green, lots of nature. Cool. So close your eyes. Okay. And I want you to take us to that place in nature, lots of green in the woods. I want you to describe how it feels. So I'm walking barefoot mm -hmm. through a meadow and up ahead, I can see a specific willow tree that I like to sit underneath. Okay. There's mountains to the left. There's a stream to the right and it's very tranquil because you can, you can hear the wind blowing, but it's soft enough that you can still hear the water. And it's almost as if, as you get closer to the willow tree, it's just pulling you in, um, embracing me or and if you're with me you're being embraced too in this inviting to sit down at the base of the trunk and just connect and there's something really powerful about sitting back your back your spine to the trunk and it's almost like the root chakra is then tapping down into the roots of the tree where do you feel it in your body i do feel that in my root chakra so coming back to how to know when it's okay to give, do you think you can use that same feeling and trust that experience and as opposed to um, any sort of guilt or fear-based and perhaps you're under overreacting? Yeah, that's good. That would be really good. So if you feel that connection in your root chakra and you can just close your eyes, go to the willow tree in, in just a moment, right? Time doesn't necessarily exist. Be embraced by the the branches and the leaves as they're falling over your shoulders and holding you. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay. If it feels good, then I can give. Yeah, I like that a lot. That feels, that feels really good. <laughs> <That's> great <tree. laughs> Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So what would make this um, an interesting next like 40 minutes for you? I, hmm, I'm pretty stubborn. 
And so I feel like, (laughs) I feel like my guides have been trying to tell me something Mm. like a pretty hard lesson that I'm refusing to listen to. I I immediately got the lesson is using your voice in the appropriate manner Mm. to speak to your needs. Mm. But I, I just heard you need to identify what you need to yourself. Ah, damn. Okay. I said I'd go, I'd go anywhere in this conversation. So we're going there. <laughs> bananas, bananas. I didn't pick Chris. it. Well, <laughs> again. Yeah. And it's one way of getting there is say, well, I don't want that. And I don't want that. And I don't want that. And so then the super conscious will just keep giving you more slides. Well, how does this feel? What names do you like this one? No. Okay. Next slide, please. Nope. 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 Specificity mm-hmm. uh, would be very helpful for you here. Okay. I do want that or I want this, right. And being able to bring words and um, emotions attached to the words, right. Yeah. Um, as a way of starting to get through the clutter of what you don't want. You probably at this point in your life have had enough of that. Like, okay, I'm good there. I don't need that. So let's get specific. Okay. What do you want? I'm getting the word self, self authority. Just saying, Mm. go ahead. What do you want? Authority. That's interesting. Someone told me recently, my sun sign is a Capricorn and Capricorns get this bad rap all the time about being cold hearted and, you know, too hardworking and all this kind of stuff. And they said, why don't we, why don't we flip the narrative on that one and allow Capricorn just to be like, you make the rules. And that's what it's about. You make the rules and everyone else can follow along. (laughs) And that was kind of a freeing thing. Um, But then it comes right back to this, like, what is it that I want? And like, to be crystal clear on it. Um, And I, for some reason, I want to divide it into like my personal life and my professional life. Sure you know, how, how I'm feeling with that. And I think I want to say professional first, because it's easier for me to claim that, but I, I want my business just to be incredibly thriving where I'm managing my time. Well, helping others and providing the world with compassion and plants. So, and I want it to be my full-time thing, what I'm doing always, um, or until spirit says onto the next, but it's all I want to do is just be in that role of a teacher of the healing arts. And then in my personal life, what I really want is just peacefulness, just in all my relationships and with myself. And one of the things I have been calling in is my partner and trying to connect with him. Um, But sometimes it feels really daunting, like I'm never going to meet him or maybe he's not a human anymore and he's... (laughs) In existence someplace. Some sketchy alien that just was popping through the multi- like a Palladian or something. I don't know. Or a hippo. No. <laughs> Named Bernie at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> but calling those things in, you know, it's hard because it does hit this point of as much self-work as I've done over the years since, you know, I, I was divorced in my early 20s and did a deep dive into the practice of yoga and just kept going with it there's still this feeling of unworthiness that that comes up sometimes and oh, I'm getting choked up, but it happens. And so calling <laughs> calling in like, Hey, I want this, you know, also means you have to do that shadow work and 
damn, that stuff's hard. <laughs> well, I've gotten that you, you have been through a lot of learning and you have been through a lot of self-work. So you definitely should give yourself some compassion and credit there. But at the same time, before you even got a little bit emotional, it's, it's as if um, they said, well, you know, w- when you were talking about dividing into professional and personal, it's like, what do I want? I think the major, I don't want to say the word blockage, but the, what is kind of keeping you back is that you're attaching emotion to the desire or need. So for example, if you're saying like, well, I would like this kind of partner, you're, you're attaching so much emotion to it that it kind of messes with the way you think about that. And then you question it or it deters you in a certain way. Like, well, that's not practical because that makes me feel this way, you know? So it's, it's almost like the way to approach it might be, and this is just a recommendation to take the emotion out of it and just go based on facts, facts. I would like a, an emotionally supportive partner in my life who is this, 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 and, and don't worry about, oh, I think they're gone or don't worry about the scarcity of it, that they're not here yet because that's messing with it. Cause already you're like, but they, they can't be out there. You know? Uh, so I'm like self-sabotaging on a, with the emotion. Yeah, yes, definitely. Definitely. And, and yeah, where's my inner Panther coming in and being like, yo, stop sabotaging. <laughs> <laughs> and the hippo needs to come in yeah. with a tutu on and like dance around a little bit and be like, girl, chill out. <sighs> well, I think you have it all in you. It's just a matter of voice and inner authority and self-authority. Just, yeah. you know, kind of putting all these things together in kind of a more of a streamlined way, whereas mm-hmm. it isn't so fragmented your life experience and your yeah. lessons and things. Well, and so this image that just came to mind is, and I, we used to have these games when I was a kid, and I know that I'm probably a little bit older than both of you, but like there'd be like a, a piece of wood or be like a maze, with a hole in it, and then a, a marble. Oh, that you try and get the hole. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in the, the metaphor behind that is that it's really hard to get the ball in the hole when there's a lack of stability or a lack of foundational um, strength and support, or when you're a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, and just not entirely sure, mm-hmm. right? And until you kind of begin to control and manipulate those metaphorical four corners, it's too challenging in a way. I mean, we're making it harder on ourselves in that sense. Uh, but I, I want to come back to the word um, peacefulness, and that stands out to me. And we said, so with professional, you had four or five different um, items. And with personal, I think it was just peacefulness, not just, I mean, it's a big word. Mm-hmm. So where do you not have peace at a personal level? And how do you, and, and more broadly, how do you define peace? Mm. When I'm, when I'm centered and feeling that peacefulness, I'm responding to life instead of reacting to life. And it's not so much that peacefulness, peacefulness does not mean that conflict is never going to happen. It doesn't mean that pain and heartache are non-existent. It's just in how I'm showing up for myself when those moments occur. So it's really just having that contentness about waking up and this is going to be my day and I'm just enjoying the day and staying in my power 
It's all of that type of stuff that makes it makes it peaceful to know um, it is that stability of knowing, hey, I've got whatever life is going to throw at me. And I'm also just willing to go with the flow. Respond is an action word. And you use stillness with the word peacefulness. So response um, is still the opposite of an action, right? Or there's a direct correlation between a response yeah. and an action. And speaking for myself, when I've had those moments, as fleeting as they may be, when there's stillness, and it could just be in between the breath, right? And you, you recognize it and then it disappears again, right? And it's like, oh, fuck, there it goes. But there's a, there's a place for you in relationship to the word peace, where we're coming back to you having authority or you having agency over that. And what I had heard when you said this originally a few minutes ago was I command peace. Hmm. And those moments where you don't feel it, and it's oftentimes because we've conditioned ourselves or we've been conditioned to think a certain way, behave a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way, like these inner voices, like this is not what the 18 month old or even two or three year old version of Whitney would, how you would respond because you're just accustomed to operating outwardly. Yeah. And over the years, as we turn to children and then adults, it's what other people tell us about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Or when you look in the mirror, it's like, okay, so this is, you know, Whitney. And it's like, oh my God, I look tired today or whatever it might be. It's because you're describing not how you feel, but you're using other people's or others' perspectives as a way to then begin to describe your experience as opposed to just describing the experience itself. Mm -hmm. So unwinding that, you just say simply, I command peace. I command peace. That feels pretty fucking good. I command peace. I even felt a little boom from when you said that. That feels really good. And when the voices start again, like, eh, where's that coming from? Okay, I hear you. And just in recognizing those. Yeah the inner chatter is it's like you can go back and you can drift off and dissipate or whatever it is that you need to do mm-hmm. but right now i command peace yeah and then come back into the root chakra right and just yeah. you know anchor the, the pelvic bone down to wherever it needs to be so you you feel really centered and grounded mm-hmm. and at peace yeah and it's just then you, we play with it and then it becomes a little bit of like spiritual muscle memory yeah <laughs> it's, not, it's not meant to be forever right or to last it's just um, to give you a different reference point on, on how to recognize and anchor into that experience. Yeah, I think that that is a very powerful one that speaks to me and definitely one that I need to be using right now. It shook my inner hippo when you said it. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so purple as well. <laughs> it's, like, it's like gray. I, I get gray hippos. Like, gray hippos. Like the, yeah. like the Gria color. Gria. Well, uh, so while he was talking, just a it's been interesting to sit here with Chris here, which as I told you, I think before we even, you know, decided to, or we were going to do this podcast that I was most interested to hear what Chris had to say on everything. And he is just, uh, 
he's doing his thing. He is on it today. Not that he's off it other days, but you know, today I'm like, <laughs> so I've just been kind of sitting here, which is great. Uh, like quiet, like just enjoying the experience. So I'm getting, I get a little trickle here and there. One thing that I got when he was speaking was talking about kind of the inner peace. That's great because it's good to have inner peace. It doesn't matter what's happening on the outside. You have it on the inside, but there's a little bit of a boundary nudge here for other people. So I was shown that you tend to take on everybody's stuff and that's because you're a healer and you care about people and it's your nature. And it's also kind of, and dare I say a mixed up narrative because there's this narrative that says you have to care about people. And how do you do that? You know, how do you do that? Well, a lot of people say you must overgive, but in actuality, that is not a very kind thing to do to yourself. And it's not a very kind thing to do to them because when you overgive, the, the person is not put in a situation in order to learn and solve things for themselves and to move forward because they're kind of hanging out with you so it's almost in and i say this with a with a recognition of your heart of gold mm -hmm. your intention in doing it it's almost like you enable them a bit yeah absolutely that, yeah so there's some enabling going on because you're such a nurturer and you don't want them to suffer alone you don't want anybody to to suffer mm -hmm. so you you take it on so i got you take on everyone's inner responsibility. So then now you're carrying the extra load, right? So, and then sure enough, it starts to push out your own load. It's like, who's going to take care of me? Mm -hmm. Nobody. That's right. the answer I'm getting right now. There is nobody taking care of Whitney and you, it, it, you're doing a great job of, of swimming upstream at the moment being Whitney, but there is going to come a point where you're going to want to be taken care of, you know, and, and you deserve it and you're, you're worthy of it and you deserve it. And I think that maybe deep down, you know, already that this is what ultimately is the goal, but it's just, people just keep jumping in, in the way and you're taking them on. And so you're having extra weight and you're just not really getting there more and more. So one phrase that I got was I'm here to help, but I'm not here to solve. Hmm. That and, in, yeah. in the fact that, uh, you view yourself as a tool for people, but not as the be all end all healer. Do you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. there are people have to meet you halfway. They can't just dump on you all the time Yeah, about themselves. And I feel like that happens a lot in your life with a lot of things and yeah mm -hmm. so yeah i'm here to help but i'm not here to solve and that's something that you can say in in kind in, mm -hmm. in times when you feel maybe that you are being asked to be a, or or even you, when you feel a little compelled to be overly involved and to in, internalize a lot of the things that people around you are going through Mm -hmm. this is something that shows that you care but it also like i'm envisioning yourself like in a bubble it also kind of protects you in a yeah. way it's like i care but i i can't do everything and what what can i do for you today like mm -hmm. you want me to listen you know do you want me to 
and that's just a personal thing. Now, professionally, of course, you are a healer, but that is also kind of the same thing where you're going to have to start to ask to be taken care of in your business. If, does that make sense? Not in my, in my personal life. Yes. In my business. No. Okay. Let me clarify then in your business. It's almost like you're still overextending. Yes. In the same manner there, mm-hmm. you need to start asking for energy in the form of money mm-hmm. and you need to really shift that mindset to be very proud of the things that you have to offer others because it is amazing and unique. I also second that as a human Christina and I have used your products, uh, but you have been generous in that respect. And there does need to be a flip of the switch to where you want to uh, set a boundary. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you know what? Um, Dare I say no more freebies. It's, you know, Maybe you can give a discount to people, you know, and that might be, make you feel yeah. good, but you need to really step out Yeah, and you need to understand the, the worth of your products too, because they're an extension of you as well. Mm-hmm. I think everything you're saying hits home. Um, there's so much unlearning I've had to do as an adult. My parents are both in social services types of fields. So it's just, I grew up looking at like, you just help people at all costs. You help. That's what, that's what good-hearted people do. And other family dynamics definitely fucked me up in that regard of like, okay, you just help everybody be a doormat. It's okay. Um, and one, one of the powerful things I did starting at the new year was I said, I'm no longer a healer. I'm not, I'm not your healer. I'm not anybody's healer. Like this was really powerful for the word for me. I realized like I am a teacher who works in the healing arts and that's it because I feel like the word healer, people flock to it. It creates this, this very odd energy that when people know, oh, this person has healing tendencies. It's like, they're like, gimme, 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 gimme. And I'm like, no man, like or woman or human. There we go. Just stay back. Right. Like stay back. This is not, this is not how it works. Um, And then as far as in my business, Christina, so fascinating. This is why I changed the name of my business. I changed it from green and wild wellness to wild and rooted to play with the polarity of this idea of being free and being stable. It's also double and tawdry because WR is Whitney Renee and I have a degree in creative writing. So I have to geek out, but it's a, it's a consistent reminder to myself that I have to stay rooted in stuff, but I can be free and I can be wild. And I realized when I changed the name, my shame around that business name just completely disappeared. And I started thinking, oh, you like someone texted me last night and said, oh, my neck's hurting. Can you give me um, next neck exercises, yoga, neck stuff? And I was like, sure. Do you want to pay me? And they texted back and they're like, well, no, I thought you could just give them to me. And I said, ask Dr. Google. There's so many great things out there. And it was that moment of being like, you need to pay me for me taking the time to develop an entire thing for your specific shoulders and neck because you're pain, you're in pain, but I'm not your healer. I want a t-shirt and a hat that says, I am not your healer. <laughs> but, um, and here I, mean, I was over here being so careful with my words because I wanted to give you the respect, but I was, it was coming in like, yeah, don't be a healer. <laughs> yeah, because, you are a healer, but you know, yeah, can't I, save everybody. I think it, I think it's, 
it's not just me. I do think a lot of people with big hearts get in this trap in which we feel like this is part of our dharma. This is part of our life's purpose to do healing type of work. And then we have to go through this uh, hero's journey, if you will, of reestablishing your own self uh, and fighting off all the demons. And I'm thinking about like Odysseus and his travel and stuff like that. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I probably should have more coffee or something. To- <laughs> no, How much writing do you do these days? Or does writing feel like a chore right now? I love writing. I absolutely love writing. So that's something I'm, I'm doing very frequently. Cool. Follow-up question. Uh-huh. Um, when's the last time you took a holiday or went on holiday? I can't remember. Okay. E- even, even what was known as the Christmas holiday was not holiday for me. Are you, have you ever been on holiday or taken a trip by yourself, planned by yourself, not where someone just didn't show up? No. Is that something that you're open to? Yes. Okay. So for the last like 10 minutes, I've been seeing a lot of like turquoise. I closed my eyes. I was playing with it, making sure it wasn't a reflection from anything else. Lots and lots and lots of turquoise. Have you spent time in New Mexico or? Um, I'm wanting to go back to Santa Fe. Okay, go. I'm feeling drawn. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yes. Right here on this piece of paper, I wrote Santa Fe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was driving uh, from Illinois and I moved yeah. into New Mexico, something inside of me shifted. And actually mm-hmm. that's when the name Wild and Rooted Collective came to me. Like it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And I yeah. arrived in Santa Fe and I was like, you need to come back. Good. Go back. Okay. There's more there for you. Okay. It involves a lot of writing and you should be by yourself. And what I saw was more of like a Pueblo setting, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so like the Pueblo would be like right here and it was big. And I saw you with a a blanket over you just staring out into this turquoise sky that was um, more dusk than it was dawn. So it's like, it was a really early morning. So some of the stars are still out. You can see your breath. Um, And it's a way for you to um, like kind of process and, 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 um, build more of a foundation around what's next for you and, and clear the space. So energetically, of course, where there's more, this is going to happen without you necessarily being super conscious of it mm-hmm. uh, because that, that, that place, that space is for you right now. Um, but then also, you know, it's, it's just going to be a great time for you to write uh, in, a, in a creative way, but yes, Santa Fe open space, turquoise, feel free to go and send pictures, please. Okay. I'll actually look up Airbnbs. after we're done with our chat today it's kind of out there on its own um so it's at least you know if you're looking out then there's nothing there i don't know if it's like a a complex or anything else but this space is very isolated you Mm -hmm. and it feels really good like like almost indulgent right like like you could almost feel guilty and it could very well be like a higher-end spa right and i know that they have plenty of those things around there so yes nice i'm going to santa fe fucking a yeah I want a full report. Yeah, I'll send pictures. Like, hey, these are the stars you were talking about. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Now, if there's a hippo that runs in front of you at any point, then we'll know that it's it's getting a little bizarre, (laughs) but you know. No, it's like a little hippo statue or a painting. (laughs) That would be funny. 
Yeah. It just depends on what sort of pharmacological things you take with you too. Right. right. No, always... prob probably the Airbnb where I stay, there's going to be some type of hippo someplace. Mm -hmm. Some statue art on a mug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something. <laughs> well, great. All right. Well, do you have, um, what, what's your next thing that you'd like to ask or anything coming to mind that you'd like us to address? I asked something about my business. Sure. Um, I'm really curious about my relationship with esoteric and clinical herbalism. And if there's any uh, insights just to consider. Can you say that again for me? I'm interested in the esoteric and clinical herbalism mm -hmm. and any insights that might be offered. So, um, originally, I'll come, I'll go back and get more, but what I got was, it's like um, ancillary, but not a sole focus. Mm. So I was presented with this large, just like large, is it voluminous, would that be the word? Or a large, just like a volume of just data. And like, you could just, spend so much time distracted mm -hmm. learning about this that it would take away from other things. So yes, but don't make it a sole focus. That makes right? sense, there's, okay. Is it? Yeah. That's interesting. I, I just got, I saw in the middle of your stomach almost this big spiral, it was like a little galaxy, but it was mm. like a spiral of sparks. And I got that, yeah, you can add it to the mix, but yeah, uh, but it's part of the big picture. Okay. It was just a piece of the puzzle. Piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I don't think I use that word properly. I'm going to take a look at that. Voluminous. Because I think voluminous means bright, but it was meant to be this big bug. So then if we're, if we're looking at ways to use plants from nature as a way to help in the healing arts, and certainly if what we're looking at or considering is more like shamanistic. That word could be interpreted a few different ways, right? And what is a shaman? And a shaman, you know, a little bit of alchemy, but a shaman is a teacher. Yeah. So yes, but it depends on how you define it. Okay. Okay. I think that makes that, yes. <laughs> so it's more like, like being a GP and then having specialists. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, okay, like I think this person would really benefit from um, something that has more mescaline in it. I'm just yeah. making it up. But um, you don't necessarily have to go run off into Mexico for a couple of years to learn how to um, work with that sacred plant, right? There are other ways. And then you're just coordinating and quarterbacking experiences for people okay. that feels more appropriate and just a better use of your time. Yeah, yeah, that definitely does. I think, I think that and Christine's familiar with this, is that there's several healing modalities that I work in. And I am in the process of trying to figure out how they all come together. And if there should be a focus, should, right? If I'm supposed to be focusing here versus there. And my main, my main, main focus is I just want to walk a spirit-led path. And so I'm always just, um, I feel like this would be the opportunity to ask for those types of insights compared to say asking, you know, 
It's like I'm trying to think which grandparent would I have one grandparent who had been like, hell yeah, right? <laughs> Grab some of that Mexican cabbage, Chris. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know the grandpa I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And so playfulness, and so part of that with the pharmacological aspect, right, the plant-based aspect, regardless of whether it's a hallucinogen or an herb, et cetera, but just with nature is that you have a way of communicating, you know, at, an, at a, um, like an electromagnetic way with these plants, right? Or yeah. differently, we all do. Um, your, your skills are a little bit more honed than the average hippo, right? So like that. Um, and so, yeah, and you can listen and trust, but then, you know, what I'm seeing is like, or had been seen was like you was just like beakers and chemicals and, and experimenting and playing like, well, maybe this will work and maybe this will work. It's not, there's no ever arriving necessarily. It's meant to be experimental and to be a continuous experiment, not to where you're going to develop a line of 20 products and you turn into like the clinic of natural medicine right mm-hmm. so it's it's always playing fine-tuning iterating and because everyone's different everyone needs something different which is yeah. in that sense more shamanistic than um you know just being like a, a white girl in the hills who's able to you know give someone an experience for a night and then send them back home right makes sense yeah because yeah. <laughs> that never happens never no okay so what came up for me is that I mean, you're kind of business-wise, we're getting back to like the earthy business of money Mm -hmm. exchange. Okay. So what came up for me, and I'm just going to tell you exactly the scene that I saw. I saw you, obviously, (laughs) and some sort of assistant or two. Okay. Okay. Set it, setting up at like a farmer's market or some sort of expo or something where the star is you, the other two people are there to assist. And it's, it's like you have ways to get people over to have a conversation with you because once people have a conversation with you and you start talking and they start talking about what ails them, you immediately just zoom in on what they need. Right. Um, I know that because you've done that for me too, but it's almost like there's like a blessing book, come sign the blessing book. And once you get them over, because everybody wants to leave their mark on the blessing book, because you're going to have like your own ceremony later and give the blessings up offer the blessings up so people should sign it but you also have maybe like a little get get your own blessing where you bring something to roll on them you know and then that gets people over and it gets people talking the assistants are there to you know help bring the people over while you start conversations with people and once you start once you bring them over and you start conversations with the people and you start asking them questions, people love to talk about themselves and they also love the thing that you do. And so kind of brings them to a point of being demystified and what they probably would need. So it's almost like you're offering the education for free. Like you, they can also get like a free consultation with you and you'll tell them exactly what they need. And then, the, then you say, well, you know, I can make you this elixir or I can make you this and you know, and I'll put all of those in there and I can get it to you by the end of the week. What do you say? You know, kind of thing like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I saw that scene and I felt it was important to just tell you about that. And the, the most important takeaway for that is people being around people, which is going to happen soon. 
soon, 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 hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope I hope you're right. But once you're just out of the cage, you know, and out in, in the open, that's where you can really start to connect. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So I had um well Christina was sharing that with you and I was like, well, what else? Is there anything else that that she should hear in Whitney? Was slow down. Hmm. Came through like really, really, really clear. And so, and so I just checked in on that a little bit. And so, so when we when I hear slow down, there's like this, like with you and the business being ready to take off and two other people. So I'm, I'm balancing that conversation with what I'm what I'm getting. And it's more of like that inner chatter, right? And it's like you feel like you always have to be doing something mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just being. And I think that this does tie into you taking some time to yourself, even if only for a week, um, to kind of use that opportunity to anchor into what it feels like to slow down and I'm say slow down could also be slowing down to speed up right mm-hmm. um, and, and like in you developing a confidence and a routine around your competence and trusting and where it doesn't feel like effort or it should maybe I should try this or try that or try this or try that it's like call and response Right, like Christina had said, where it's like, okay, so I actually know what you need. You trust it and offer it up and and, and move on. Um, and it's almost in that sense then, Whitney, where it's like a boutique and not trying to be everything to everyone. And there's actually probably more um, monetary exchange with you being a specialist in a sense, and instead of trying to have an offering for everyone. Right, so this is an opportunity to then use that same exercise and if it feels good, right, or trusting. And one thing that I do for myself is ask if it's for the highest good, right? And if it is, and like, and how does it actually make me feel energetically? And I've got my own cues around that. But you can do the same thing with these other offerings, right? It's like, oh, well, you should go do write this and get your book out, whatever it should be. It's like, eh, I don't know. Like, how does this fit in, right? It's- yeah. You know, am I, am I doing this because everyone's telling me I need 50,000 followers and I need to post 20, 20 different stories a week and this, or does that, is that taking away from the core of how I minister to people? Right. And, and that's, yeah, slow down. Slow down. Yeah. Soul level heard. <laughs> yeah. I got something very simple, which is to show or tell yourself that you love yourself mm. at least once a day mm. that one's powerful mm-hmm. that one's good well um i think we have come to the end of our time and i must say whitney i really enjoyed today but before you go i would love for you because we've been talking about your business yes we want to you know you can properly introduce yourself if you want a little bit about your background whatever you want uh, but also what do you do Sure, sure. Um, well, I am the creatrix of Wild and Rooted Collective. So right now it is just me as the teacher in there, but the importance is that it's a collective. So I will in the future be bringing more teachers on to, to be able to offer their modalities. So we're looking at complementary alternative medicine. And right now I am offering donation-based online yoga classes and soon we'll be having recorded yoga and meditation classes for individuals to access whenever. And then I also make botanical products. 
So these are really wonderful. These are um, essential oils. I'll be working with other types of herbs to make teas and tinctures. And these real, I mean, I have a signature line, but as you both have been talking about, it's very much for the person. People will talk to me and the plants just end up speaking and saying, cedar, lavender, cardamom, you know, and it just, it just downloads. And so then I'm able to create something. Um, and then of course, all the products are infused with Reiki and, you know, in the community work we do, we really focus on words, the power of words. I've been really fascinated by this idea of spelling and how a spell really is casting something with every word that we say. Mm -hmm. And so um, I get to pull on my background in creative writing and rhetoric and help myself and others make sure we're using the words that really resonate our truth instead of, you know, hindering us in some way. So that is, that's what I'm doing over here on Roswell. And then in the meantime, just hanging out with my dog Griffey. <laughs> but Chris and Christina, this has been really wonderful. And Christina, I know that you know me and we've worked together and Chris, it truly, everything you shared with me today, it's almost as if you've been working with me just as much as Christina has. So I feel very complete with this and very seen. So thank you. Thank yeah, you. he's good like that. He's good yeah. like that. But it's like the, the broader, yeah. But the broader question is like, haven't we though, right? Yeah. And it's just one consciousness in that That's sense. True. That's so so true. You can stay out of the way. Yeah. Well, I look forward to meeting you in person, which is amazing because now that I'm back in LA, it's something that we can actually do. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. And when you said, oh, sorry, Christina, there's one oh, other thing. When you said um, spelling. Right, I got some fat fucking chills like from here all the way through upper chest. And I was like, Your okay, there she is. Woo! Yeah, like infusing things with words. So yes, more of that, please. Yeah, that is, that's powerful work. Mm -hmm. That's very, very, very powerful stuff. Again, so. yeah. yeah, wow, awesome, well, I, pleasure. Before we go, I do want to say, I do use some of Whitney's products that she has customized for me and they are outstanding and I need more. And I will be exchanging energy <laughs> in the form of money for more. And she's yeah. got me hooked and she's just two buildings away. Yay. But she also just had her first event and it was a yoga and a sound bath on a rooftop mm -hmm. in Malibu. Very and nice. I just went last Thursday. It was incredible. And I think where she wants to have one soon, Chris, uh, kind of more long beach-ish instead of Malibu-ish. Yeah. So I'll let you know when she's going to have one and maybe. Absolutely. Please. Yes. It's um, Malibu works for me too. Yeah. The, Mal the Malibu, we are in the process of figuring out if we can do once a month at that venue. And, and um, the woman who facilitated the sound bath, her name's Cynthia. She would lead the sound bath portion. I will lead yoga and meditation. Although I'm like, you know, I think we need to bring some botanicals in here and get a little witchy with that type of stuff as well so we'll see what happens with that but i'd love to host one in long beach so if you ever think of a spot let me know That's outdoors cool. right on. Well, there, there's always peerspace.com and i think they have an outdoor option now it's kind of like airbnb for space what i had no idea oh, okay i'll check that out thank you yeah definitely well whitney thank you chris Mwah. Thank you as well. Hey, and my friends. everyone have a great week.